0: You're listening to the Teak Nation Podcast, where we strive to educate, inspire, and entertain you with tips and lessons from frauders and friends of TKE.
1: Hello, Teak Nation Podcast listeners. It's your good friend, Alex Swinson. It's your good friend, Donnie Aldrich. It is Monday, May 24th, Memorial Day week. We haven't even talked about what we're gonna do next week on Memorial Day. Are we gonna record on Memorial Day? Is that or, or are we taking the are we taking the day off with the rest of the world? It's something to think about.
0: I thought it was a federal law that you had to take Memorial Day and You're not cook allowed out to
1: record podcasts and, on Memorial right, Day. Right, right, right.
0: There's no no one is supposed to be working in any form or fashion
1: on Memorial Day. Unless you're <sighs> in essential services. All right. Well that that complicates things. We'll have to talk about that later. Uh, had a had a pretty fantastic weekend really all things considered let's let's start there not with my weekend specifically although I'm more than happy to get into it but it was uh it was a really great week if you are a sports fan and if you're not a sports fan I hope you still had a great weekend because it was sunny it was hot we got the kiddie pool out blew that up put the little Fisher Price slide into it uh it was it was good all around even for my children who are not sports fans but Man, what a what a weekend! We had NBA playoffs, we had PGA Championship, we had all sorts of soccer for those that are into soccer, myself included in that. NHL playoffs. I mean, just uh just a really solid. It really made you feel like things are coming around, getting back to normal.
0: I agree. It was great to see a lot of. Really hard to keep up with everything. Good thing they have these these smartphones where you can click on an app and keep up with scores and watch multiple pieces. I did. For both afternoons, Saturday and Sunday, I had one event on TV and one event on my laptop. So, I need,
1: nice. I need more TVs. I think that's just, I don't think that being a sports fan is feasible without at least two television screens to watch at all times. I think that's what, that's one of my big takeaways from, from this past weekend and really from the last year or so in general is, is I just need two TVs, maybe one with the old DirecTV hooked up to it. They're not a sponsor of this podcast. Uh, one maybe with the Apple TV or the Fire Stick so I can stream, but it's hard. You know, you're trying, to, you're trying to watch PGA Championship, but then you're trying to watch PGA Championship. There's two or three different streams going on of that at the same time. Which one are you going to watch? You got basketball on, again, hockey, soccer on yesterday morning, English Premier League, uh, closing out their season. So it's a challenge, but, uh, but we made it work. I'll tell you this. I was thinking about this last night in the shower, if you must know. Um, the, the, for a lot of us, I know the moment that COVID became real was that 24 hour stretch in March of 2020, when you had the, uh, the jazz, and I think it was the thunder game get canceled, right? COVID we all knew that COVID was like out there. It was like a thing, right? But then you had Rudy Gobert test positive for COVID jazz player talking about NBA basketball. We'll back up even further NBA jazz game games canceled you're like oh my gosh if they're willing to cancel a basketball game for COVID it must be serious right and then you're thinking well what does that mean right that is are we gonna well then they cancel all the rest of the games for that night because of who knows who he's been in contact with go to bed that night thinking all right NBA is gone for a little while we'll see what happens wake up the next morning conference tournaments for college basketball are going on those all get canceled some of them I think the big East maybe got canceled at halftime of one of the games and, and they said, we're done. By the end of that day, the NCAA tournament's been canceled. The NHL season has been postponed indefinitely. The NBA season has been post. That moment I think was when you're like, okay, life is, is about to shut down for everyone. And then by, I think that was on a Tuesday or Wednesday, by that Friday, we had made the decision here that we we're going to close the office for what turned out to be 14, 15 months. I say all that to say that this last weekend, to me, felt like a bit of a bookend to that moment. You had the NBA playoffs in stadiums, arenas almost at capacity. Madison Square Garden was rocking. Uh, the Sixers game, you know, Doc Rivers said there were 10,000 fans there. felt like 30,000. You had the PGA Championship, where you have just a hundred thousand fans following Phil Mickelson down the 18th fairway as he walks to the green surrounding the green it really felt like all right we're back things are w- right CDC came out last week said if you're vaccinated you don't have to wear masks you can live life normally any reactions to that
0: yeah I, I couldn't agree more the, the piece that I also sense and everyone knew this was coming is the pent-up energy when doc rivers talks about the energy that you saw in Philly or yesterday at the PGA. I mean, folks are just beyond amped up to be around other human beings, which is something we talk about with the fraternity all the time, right? We, Man is a social being. And so being around other folks, uh, even I, I tell you, I went out to dinner on Friday night. Uh, we went out with a couple other couples and to see just restaurants packed and you know people laughing and smiling and enjoy enjoying each other's company it's uh it's one of those things that we all took for granted until a year ago 14 months ago as you said and so it's really gonna kick into high gear as we get into summer and then for us getting back out on the road and visiting groups and having leadership academy in person and starting to really get, get moving and shaking and getting all of our guys ready for recruitment and for our alumni associations and some of those groups, getting those guys excited to start to have homecomings and tailgates and events where they meet regularly and enjoy the fraternalism that uh, the fraternity gives us.
1: Well, and and you're about to see the Indy 500 next weekend with 135, 140, 150,000 fans in attendance. So I, I just, I think that, you know, not to say that COVID should be taken lightly or that it's still not a severe illness if you contract it, but if you are vaccinated, we are a pro-vax podcast. For those wondering, um, you can you can move on and, and get back out to dinner or to sporting events or whatever that is, and and hopefully what we're trending toward is an NFL season where stadiums are full and college basketball opening in the fall with with full arenas and uh, and and life seemingly getting back to normal, and then you know we'll see if COVID decides to adapt and uh come out with a new strain or, or mutation or whatever the word is and we'll adjust accordingly. But at least for the time being, it's hot. Sun was out all weekend. Felt like summer, felt like normal to me. And that was nice. It's nice to have some normalcy in our lives. Absolutely. Got any Memorial Day plans?
0: Just the typical cookouts and and get get by the pool, let the kids get in the pool and then as you mentioned listen to the race that's uh one of the interesting pieces of, of living here versus anyone else out there they can watch the race but for us the the race is uh, blacked out and so listening listening to the race while we have a little items on the grill and kids in the pool should be a good weekend
1: since they're since they're limiting capacity have you seen anything about that
0: i have not seen that so I, i'm just assuming we'll get the normal blackout but you might be right they might I'm, if it's I'm on the tv so. it's on the tv i will watch definitely
1: i'm assuming so as well i mean logically which is a tough way to operate for i think a lot of people especially when you're in the business of trying to make as much money as you possibly can logically if you're only selling 135,000 tickets and all of those tickets have sold there would be no reason for a blackout for those who are not a part of this state. The reason they black out the race every year is because you could make an argument that the actual capacity at the Indianapolis motor speedway is, is unlimited uncapped. I mean, they, if they wanted to, they could probably literally fit a million people inside of that racetrack. And so the company line is always, you know, until we sell out, we're going to black the race out to encourage people to come to the race and watch it rather than watching it on television. They're capping the amount of tickets that are sold you would think that would alleviate some of that. But once again, you know, I'm not in charge of that decision. And uh, the people who are are probably much more concerned about their pocketbooks than our own personal enjoyment from watching the race. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I am curious to see if maybe it was on TV last year because there were no fans, which was nice. You know, it was nice to not have it blacked out when it was literally impossible to attend. We'll see if, if that's the case this year. Yeah, Memorial Memorial Day for me is always uh it's it's not nearly as big of a deal as I think as it is for some, but it's nice nice to be outdoors. Hopefully the weather holds up. And this last weekend, you know, it was eighty-two, eighty-three, sunny. Um, a little humid. We did one of the hallmarks of, of Indiana is that you get about a week and a half of spring and a week and a half of fall. So we enjoyed that week and a half of spring where it was high sixties, low seventies, straightforward into eighty percent humidity, eighty five degrees and just miserable to be outside again. So I'm I'm already looking forward to our, our 10 days of fall here in 4 or 5 months.
0: Hey, wherever you are out there,
1: enjoy enjoy the warmth, enjoy the heat. It's a great thing. It's much better than the cold. Now, see this is where we this is where we differ, this is where we disagree. I'm a cold guy. We are as uh, as Donnie mentioned wrapping up our fiscal year here in the office as well. So if you're out there listening and uh, you have have any influence or interest in the fraternity May 31st, into the fiscal year, that is Memorial Day, of course, but now's the time to wrap the year up on your end as well. Get those candidates in, get those initiates in, get those annual reports knocked out. I know a lot of our province advisors, chapter advisors, grand province advisors listen out here. Check in on your groups, make sure they're in a good spot. Most guys have already completed their school year who have graduated, which always makes things complicated, trying to get college students to do anything when they're not in school. But uh, it is a it is a busy time of year for us, and a very important time of year for the offices of the Grand Chapter. So make sure make sure we're getting the year wrapped up and and already starting to think about summer. I know there's some groups out there already have some retreats planned and getting their officers together to start planning a recruitment, which as we've talked to Zach about many many times, is extremely important. You got anything else before we move into Rule Three?
0: Let's dive into the rule of three. I'm excited for the last week of the year, but I'm also excited for the future. So there's just a lot of, kind of like I just talked about with the the world out there. A lot of pent up energy. A lot of energy.
1: All right. Rule of three. This one just came to me. No specific reason why. Mm. Who are three living celebrities? Three living celebrities that you would most like to meet. When I say meet, I don't don't mean like, you know, dap up on the way past him in an airport, but like sit down and just talk to him maybe for a little while, maybe have a meal, have a conversation.
0: Yeah. All right. One would be The Rock. Mm, That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Two would be, hmm, it's either Tiger or MJ. Probably, probably, probably MJ, the more I think about it. Last Dance helped with that.
1: Well, I mean, you could just drop number three and go with both of them or are you uh, that committed, to, are you that committed uh, to tony robbins
0: yeah right you gotta leave tony <laughs> in there you gotta have tone gotta have that conversation guy's gonna make you better on the other end that's something you can go anywhere with tony robbins whether it's motivation whether it's a high intelligent conversation you could go to sports i mean the guys all over the place so those would be my three the rock mj if you don't know him michael jordan oh okay and
1: tony robbins not michael jackson not Not, Not does not fit the criteria. Yeah. Maybe next time. All right. My three are number one, Peyton Manning. He was such a significant part of my childhood as a sports fan and uh, just seems like a pretty funny dude. So would like to like to have a chance to meet Peyton. Number two, no surprise to any regular listeners, Leonardo DiCaprio. Not only do I love his work and am very excited for killers of the flower moon to come out. But uh, he's also just seems like an interesting guy and a pretty compassionate, philanthropic human being. I don't know how he is as a, you know, you always hear stories about like the good celebrity who are kind and generous and thoughtful. And then like the celebrities who are absolutely miserable to be around and horrible people. I've never heard really either of those ends for Leo. So I like to make that determination for myself, although there's some truth to never meet your heroes. So maybe be disappointed. And then lastly, uh want to preface this by saying this is a non-political podcast. We we straddle the middle. 100% but I would like to to meet Barack Obama. I think he would be an inter, a very very interesting figure to sit down and talk to. Once again, seems like a very regardless of his his politics and the decisions he made during his 8-year presidency, a guy that would just be fascinating to sit down, have a conversation with. Maybe get some jumpers up, big basketball guy. Uh, I would I would love an opportunity to spend some time with President Obama. So, maybe just lost a handful of listeners out there. I, I apologize.
0: Yeah, you, you've probably really inspired the whole red team, blue team fight. So
1: let's have it out in the cautious. comments. Why don't you go ahead and comment? Gotta, gotta be, well, like
0: maybe that. that's what, you know, if we're trying to go viral here. You always you, If you start firing up the red team, blue team folks, that's it's never what you want to do. I'm
1: trying to increase engagement. And I think, right. I think saying that I would like to, to have dinner with Barack Obama is going to send this podcast to the moon, so to speak. I'm looking forward ways to, to it. get there. I'll drop, I'll drop in, in the comments. You just, uh, you know, I'll set a reminder. Anything else before we get to Froder Zachary?
0: What are, what are you most excited about as we go into summer? We've brought in some other folks. We brought in Zach. What are you most excited about for the summer?
1: Oh man. You just mean it like anything?
0: Yeah, right. It's a general question.
1: I'm excited to leave the state of Indiana a few times. I have a trip planned with the family Obviously, we have Leadership Academy. I can I can feel and sense that there's going to be some opportunities to get out there and visit campuses and visit groups again. Fortunately, was able to do that in March with LSU, but uh, that I think is what I'm most looking forward to. When when you pull out the calendar, the days I have circled are the days that we can switch things up a little bit and and get out of the state. Not that there's anything wrong with Indiana, but. Just feels like it's been so long since we've been able to travel regularly. I know different people have taken different trips and some work trips and some personal trips, which is great. But it hasn't been a regular occurrence in the way that it is when things are up and running and operating. We have grand council meetings. We have RLCs. We have site visits. We have chapter visits. So that, to me, is is probably my my number one. What are you most looking forward to about the summer? Don't say golf because you do that year-round.
0: Uh, just the, the wet... Enjoying the weather, you know, seeing the my son is now in a second football season and then he'll go into fall football. So them out and about like you talked about normalcy, getting to see folks that you don't normally get to see or haven't seen for a year. It's, it's just that getting back into a routine and and getting really focused and prepared for the fall. I know many times we have these conversations and I almost default back into fraternity mode, but it is such a big part of our lives, how we can get prepared and get the get our groups prepared for, for a year to go and crush it because we really need to. The last couple of years have obviously been a, a big challenge, especially around membership because folks haven't been as apt to join and in some places they weren't even on campus. And it is just, it's a, it's a defining year that's coming up. And I'm excited about all the work that gets put into the summer, which then pays off in the fall and the winter. And that's on every aspect from recruitment to risk uh, all across the board ret- retention, just a lot of really important pieces for us to attack. Just yeah, so. I
1: mean, we're gonna we're gonna get all the staff back in the office for the first time since that those ill-fated days in March that I spoke of earlier, that was in the middle of a staff conversions period as well, which made it even more chaotic and unique. We had a grand council meeting that was planned that weekend that was canceled in the 11th hour. So, um, so having the full staff back in the building is going to be inner. we have most of them back right now, but shout out to Pete, shout out to Santo shout out to Niall shout out to Zach. Those guys don't live in Indianapolis and come back usually 10 to 12 times a year we haven't had that since March of 2020 so it'll be great to get them back and i think if I, as as i thought about it as you as you were sharing if i had one thing i am most excited about it is leadership academy because that you know frankly even more so than any vacations or personal things, Leadership Academy to me is just the pinnacle of, of what I get to do. And I know for a lot of people, it's a pinnacle of what they get to do in this job. Being in Colorado, the atmosphere, the, just the, the general vibe you get at the program the air smells different. I mean, I know it sounds stupid, but you know, you if you've been to Leadership Academy, you know, you walk into you walk into Ponderosa there, into the lodge, and it just feels different. It there's a certain smell that that you get that you don't get anywhere else. And and the same thing with the cafeteria and with the classroom and with the cabins. It's just a really special place that has been missing from our lives for the last two years. I mean, it'll be it'll be over two years by the time we get back there because the last leadership Academy had we had was in June, 2019, and now we're looking 21. So opportunity to get back to Lafayette and, and get that out of, well, not out of the way, get that taken care of is really what I'm looking forward to. It's going to be a long summer waiting for that to come. I wish it was not June. So we would just be there. I mean, if it was in June. Heck we'd be leaving in four days. So, um, so I am really, really pumped to get back there. <music> And it's our favorite time on the Teak Nation podcast. Your favorite time as listeners as well. Zach, last time we talked to you, you were driving home from Texas. You made it. I see you're back in your corner, unless you've just transported your corner to a hotel somewhere and you didn't make it back. But uh, I'm assuming the 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 trip went well.
2: The trip did go well. Yes, I'm uh, I am back home um, in my little cubby hole, just hanging out.
1: Very exciting. Well, I I want to want to. Go back to something that we talked about Donnie and I a little earlier and we we talked about the fact that it seems like with summer coming with stadiums open back up for sports with with fans back that it feels like we we might be you know near I don't want to say nearing the end of covid because I don't feel like covid's ever going to go away completely but feels like we're getting back to some sense of normalcy and and really ready for a, a big run at the summer so what are you specifically Looking forward to this summer. How are you uh celebrating being vaccinated and being able to to go out amongst the masses? What are uh what's the what's the plan down there in, in Florida for Zach Scott?
2: Yeah, um excited. I think the the getting back to normal has been nice. Uh for those who aren't aware the NHL playoffs are going on right now. He's oh, yeah. able to attend um the game on Saturday with the Lightning One. That was fun. It was crazy seeing nine thousand people in the arena for the first time and Forever, it feels like, and then I mean, obviously, the sports and some of those pieces going back to normal is great. But I think the idea of Leadership Academy, right at the end of the summer, um, is one that like right, getting teak stuff back to normal is really exciting. Who knows what else is going to be planned throughout the summer? Whether that's a recruitment forum or um, some form of retreat, whatever it may be. But slowly getting things back to where they need to be and where I think all of us are excited for them to be. That's the that's the part for me, some semblancy of uh, what things used to be like. And that's uh, the exciting part.
0: Zach, what are a couple things that, I think the best word is concern, that concern you when it comes to thinking about our group. So if you're a if you're a chapter advisor listening to this, or you're a collegiate member listening to this, or you're just an alumnus listening to this, and you're going you're gonna to check back in with your group because now you feel like you can, you can show up for homecoming, you can show up for a chapter meeting here and there. What are the concerns you have when you keep in mind that for a lot of our groups, they haven't met in person for 12 to 18 months? What are those pieces going through the summer? that should be top of mind if if Zach Scott was a chapter advisor for that group or Zach Scott was an alumnus for that group?
2: Yeah, I think the big one is going back to quote unquote normal does not mean doing whatever you want, right? It doesn't mean that you get to throw risk management policies out the window because you haven't been able to see your best friend in a year and a half because maybe your campus hasn't been around since COVID shut things down. It doesn't mean that you get to ignore the policies and things that are in place from your university, from Teak, um, from your city or, or wherever, right? It's continuing to do the things that we all expect from our members, the not just the bare minimums either. It's going the extra mile to create a safe space for others, going the extra mile to, to show people that you are able to learn something from the pandemic, right? Whether that's how important it is to take these opportunities And don't take them for granted. Right. Really enjoy every moment you get to spend with your brothers, even if that's as simple as a two hour long election chapter, Um, whatever it may be. It's for me anyways, finding ways to not lose what we've been kind of short of for the last 15, 16 months. Um, And there are going to be a number of fraternities across the country that probably do take that step in the wrong direction, and doing everything that we can and everything that you as an alumnus, you as an advisor, you as a collegiate member can do to hold one another accountable, to hold the group accountable, to hold your alumni accountable, to hold everyone accountable to a standard that we've done a really good job of raising those standards for the last five to 10 years as a fraternity, continuing to expect more from, from Teaks than we do from some of the other campus uh, fraternities.
0: Yeah, first, you sent a chill down my spine with the two-hour chapter elections for someone who lived through six-hour chapter elections back in the day. But more importantly, you know, when when you mentioned that, the first thing that came in my mind is if I'm someone listening in is here comes the guys from nationals again, right, telling me not to have fun. That is the last thing we're telling you. We, we want you to have fun, but we want you to have fun in a way that everybody goes home safe, everybody has a good time, and you can have more social events. And the fact that you go and have these social events, you're not putting yourself in a position where you get recruitment taken away, where you get you're not can't be a part of Greek week, where you can't be a part of homecoming week, right? You start to think about all the aspects that people are going to be so fired up to, to do again. You can take that away. And essentially, when that happens, and this creates a visual, but it really sucks the oxygen out of the group and their ability to exist. It it starts to bankrupt them because they cannot have events, they cannot participate, which means they don't have relevancy on campus, which means then people don't want to join. The people who are part of the group don't want to be involved, right? Because they signed up to be part of this social experience and to create these memories and do all these great things and evolve and grow as human beings. And so when we talk about the risk piece and when you talk about it, right, we don't come from a place of, we're just telling you not to have any fun and go sit in the corner. We're saying be intelligent. That's what we're saying. Be next level. You want to be dominant. You want to be unbelievably you know, sharp when it comes to how you run your group. Do it in this area that you can run a great social event, have a blast but everybody goes home safe, everybody has a good time and you still have your reputation at the end of the day for your group in a positive light. You can do all those, you can check all those boxes. And I want to encourage people not to jump on the train of we don't care what other people think. Because you can't control what other people think, but you sure can live day in and day out, especially in our events that are high profile, big stage, show people who you are in a positive way and also have a blast. So I know I got up on my soapbox there for a second, Zach, but it just really it pinged for me as we go into the fall. I feel like I'm going to have this conversation. You, Alex, we're all going to have this conversation all over the country. We want you to have fun, but we want you to do it in a first-class way where everybody gets home safe and we can do it again.
2: Yeah, have, have, have fun, be smart, <laughs> do things the right way now so you can
1: continue to do them years from now. Um,
2: it's, uh, it's so important.
1: Well, I, w- I would say Responsible Fun is Zach Scott's middle name. So you're not getting any uh, any arguments from him there. Zach, we appreciate the time, as always. Uh, we do have Indy 500 week coming up. I know we talked about that a little bit last week, but going to miss you here in Indianapolis for the uh, for the festivities. But you'll be here in spirit, and we will talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Enjoy the 500. See yeah, Thanks, Zach. Big thank you there to not just friend of the podcast, but I, I would say at this point, best friend of the podcast, Zachary Scott for always being available and ready when we need him. Want to shift now into our guest profile for this week. We have Dr. Jerry Optoff, who is going to talk to us about mental health. As most of you are now aware, it is Mental Health Awareness Month here in May. We started the month with Dr. Haljan and talking to him about this very topic and wanted to close the month with another expert and another industry professional. So excited to bring in Dr. Jerry Optoff. Dr. Jerry Optoff. He runs the Opthoff Center for Psychotherapy in New Jersey, specializes in different forms of counseling, individual, couples, marriage counseling. I'm sure we'll get into some of those pieces as we uh, as we roll through here. A fraudder from the Rosetta chapter at Montclair State, Dr. Opthoff, we are pleased to have you. Thank you for joining us here this morning. Good morning. We'll get right into it. Um, and it is Mental Health Awareness Month. We've talked about that quite a bit on the podcast. I wanna start though with with you personally, you individually. What was it that brought you into this field? What was it that appealed to you and led you down this career path to be someone who focuses on mental health and and tries to help other individuals come to grips and and be stronger mentally um, in their own lives? So
3: uh, it's always an interesting question because I kind of got into this or doing this back in high school. Uh, My junior year of high school had to, you know, do my schedule for senior year. And I don't remember how or why, but I signed up for this class. And so half the semester, half the school year, they introduced us to psychology and counseling. And then the other half, we would actually have students they would assign us to, and we would basically do counseling uh, with whatever kids we were assigned. So that was really my first experience doing this. Um, so then when I was going off to college, it was like, well, what am I going to do? I didn't think I was the greatest writer. I'm horrible at math. So I was like, I don't think I should be an accountant. And I was like, you know, I kind of really like this counseling thing. So that's actually how I got into it. Um, so I'm one of those few people that in high school kind of had an idea of what I may want to do. And then I actually have just pursued it over the last, you know, several decades. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's how I started
0: out. Dr. Optoff, I'm curious. What are areas when it comes to, to your profession that really excite you? And what are areas that are the greatest challenges, things that maybe keep you up at night or on the weekends? Like it's a Monday morning, so driving in things that are on your mind. I'm, I'm very interested in in just that aspect because we have it. All of us have it in every profession, right? What's it like for you? Um, uh, first off, I have the greatest job. Um, and, and I truly love
3: what I do. I mean, first off, to, to be able to help people uh, is, is a great um rewarding of itself. But as I I say to people, like I get to learn things about so many different areas of life that I would never learn just doing a different job because every day I have different clients who have different careers different life experiences. So I'm always learning uh, new stuff that I, I just don't think other professions um, necessarily have. Uh, so that to me is the greatest, you know, aspect of my job. Um, the downside or the, the rougher part is you hear some really horrible things at times. And there are some weeks where there's a lot more of that than others. Um, and as much as you try not to bring it home with you, you know, you do end up as you're driving home thinking about it, or as as you mentioned, the Monday morning driving in and you're you're kind of thinking about who you're seeing today and what issues are going on and what to address. Um, So it's the good and the bad. Um, Unfortunately, you know, some of the bad stuff comes up over the weekends. And as much as you like to think that there's this kind of separation where like, okay, I'm home, I don't have to deal with stuff. You know, there have been, unfortunately, times where you get a phone call and you're dealing with stuff over the whole weekend. Um, so, uh, you know, when you talk about uh, one of the examples I'm talking about, somebody um, had committed suicide. And so yeah, I got that phone call on a Saturday or Sunday. And so, you know, the rest of your day, you know, or your weekend is taken up by that. And then several days, you know, following. So, you know, those are one of the, the, the worst scenarios, but if there's far more better scenarios or, or pleasant experiences than the negative.
1: One of the things that uh, about Mental Health Awareness Month, and, and I assume one of the reasons that it it has been a little more prominent and prevalent lately, is there can be a stigma to seeking help if you are anxious or depressed or, or even just need to reach out and talk to someone different. How do you recommend people break down that stigma and, and, and take those first steps. If somebody, if somebody's kind of on the fence and thinking, well, things aren't great, but I can power through, I can tough this out on my own, especially for men, especially for fraternity men, it seems like it might be a little more that, that feeling might be a little more prevalent. So how do you, how do you help individuals work through that and and get people to open up a little bit and seek that help and that guidance when they need it?
3: Well, I think we're getting better as a society with that. Um, we have, you know, first and foremost, when we have celebrities coming out athletes, actors, actresses, musicians, you know, talking about they've sought mental health for various issues. I, I think then people go, oh, it's not, you know, somebody who's crazy or not. I think one of the greatest ways to break down the stigma is just people being open and honest. Uh, that whether they, they go to therapy or they've talked to someone or they've talked to someone in the past. Um, when I work with, uh, older adults, older men in particular, uh, I talk about like, you know, you should talk about, um, you should ask if people have been in therapy, You know, when you start dating someone, I said, just to get an idea, just to broach that subject. I said, because a lot of people, um, when I, and I'm talking about guys like in their 40s and older who may be going through a divorce or they're redating. And I go, you know, a lot of men, their first experience of therapy is actually like marriage or couples therapy. I say, so talk about that you've addressed that issue. I go, because that's going to make someone feel more comfortable knowing that you've addressed your part, you know, in a relationship issue. Um, But I just think it's just, I think we've gotten better, you know, with it. I think we just need to keep talking about it. Um, I, I actually had a new patient last week ask me like, well, are you in therapy or have you been in therapy? I said, absolutely. I said, I started going probably when I was in college. Uh, I was probably the first time I went and on and off. And I go, I go now. I said, because I got to make sure I'm in my right mental state to be able to, you know, help you in yours. And, and I use an example, I'm like, well, if I'm having problems with my, my kids or my wife, uh, or even my friends, and, I, and I'm not talking to somebody about how can I help you. And I think that's universal across the board, you know, in any career that we do. So I just think we have to just be open and honest and talk about it, because it's not this, you're crazy. And I think that the younger generation of men are seeing that, because, you know, we've broken down some of these walls, some of these stigmas that, you know, what it means to be a man isn't that you don't have emotions, you, you, you can have, you know, emotions and share them and talk about them. And it doesn't make you less of a man.
0: I have a follow up to that. Can you articulate how helpful going to counseling or I, I think about also when it comes to performance, right? We're talking many times on folks who are struggling, but what if you're someone who's an athlete or simply someone who wants to get into business, whatever it is, right? How this could actually elevate performance versus Hey, I feel like I have deficiencies. If I need to get back to level, folks who maybe they feel like they're level, but they want to take it even higher. Because you talked about athletes and musicians. Some of those folks are a number of them are probably going right because they think it can create an edge versus their competition.
3: Absolutely. Um, I think a great example is uh, last night Phil uh, Mickelson winning uh, that the, the majors tournament. Right. Um, golf is a great example of that's a mental game a lot of the success that goes into it is how you, you know, can mentally, you know, block things out. Um, and yeah, you know, we talk about, um, a lot of people do coaching now, right? So there's business coaching, there's recovery coaching. Um, and that's, that is to help you get to the next level from where you're struggling. And I don't even want to like using the word struggling of where you're at and you do want to uh, succeed. So it's just getting your, your thoughts in order. You know, what I do in therapy is help people to understand that just because we think something doesn't make it true, right? All day long, we have lots of thoughts about lots of issues and not all of them are right. And so in therapy and whether it's about an issue or about um, elevating your game, your career, it's okay. Do these thoughts make sense? And having somebody to bounce them off of to say, hey, this doesn't sound like it's the greatest idea. I don't think this is gonna help you or hurt you, and you know, to challenge them.
1: One of the one of the things you mentioned earlier that that I want to come back to as well that that I'm interested in, you talked about how you yourself have have gone to therapy and continue to do so as a professional whose whose job it is to, as you, as you said, hear some bad things at sometimes, work with patients who are not in a good place. Occasionally, right, you lose a patient to suicide. How, how do you maintain your own mental health and your own well-being? It, it seems like something like that would would weigh extremely heavily on, on anyone. How are you able to work through those pieces and, and be able to be there and be present and be active for your patients when you're working with them?
3: Well, I, I think, and it's something I, I promote with my patients, is we have to be as well rounded as possible. So I think, you know, exercising is so important. Right. Because if we phys- if we're physically not well, then other things aren't going to, you know, we're, we're not just going to be thinking clearly. Right. So physical exercise, what we're, our diet is, what we're eating or what we're not eating that we need to be fueling ourselves to be at optimal level. Right. Um, just going for a run, going to the, the gym, taking a walk, you know, we can clear out some of that stickiness in our head. Um, I talk about with my clients about, you know, whether they pray, they meditate, they journal, if they go to any type of group if going to therapy, just in and of itself, once a week helps people to uh, be the best that they can be. Um, As well as we talk about focusing on, you know, the positive relationships in their lives and putting those deposits into those relationships. Um, I think as men, we focus far too often on, You know, let's graduate college. Let's get the big job that pays us a lot of money. And we let all these other areas of our lives uh, go to waste because there has been, along with the stigma of mental health, there's been this stigma of to be a man is work as hard as you can, make as much money as you can for as long as you can. And then somewhere down the road, maybe around 62 to 65, you can retire and join, enjoy the prosperous uh, work you've put in, assuming you haven't had a heart attack, a stroke, uh, you don't have cirrhosis, and your wife and kids don't hate you or have left you. Um, but that's this mentality we we have. That's what it means to be a man. So I talk about with my male clients about getting 30 minutes of exercise every day, you know, what they're putting into their bodies, vitamins, minerals, getting sunlight for 20 minutes a day. Um, we, we can see that when we talk about depression, there's a great book called The Depression Cure, and they talk about exercise and diet, along with like journaling therapy, can help cure a lot of forms of depression that people are going through. And I mention that because I don't mean there's a be all end all to depression, uh, that you don't need medication, because there are people that need it. What I say to my male clients who've been struggling is, do these things that are all natural and fairly easy to do. If you feel better, great, you don't need medication. And if you're doing these things and you do and you're still struggling, well, then we know you need medication and you may respond better because you have that foundation. Right. But one of the things we need and, you know, uh, in the, the last 15, 16 months of covid and people have been struggling is that lack of connection. And so one of the things I've always talked about is being connected to those that are important to you. Send a text message, shoot an email, uh, just letting people know that you're thinking of them, that, you know, you, you appreciate something somebody did. Um, or something that you love about them. And whether that's your wife or your kids or your fraternity brother, you know, that 30 second text can make a world of difference, not only for yourself, but for somebody else, um, but it, it helps us feel connected to, to one another. And I think that's what it really means to kind of address mental health and to be successful in, in all aspects. And I, I practice what I preach So when I talked about going to talk to a therapist or you know, exercising this morning. You know Those things are so important for us.
0: You mentioned earlier, not every thought in your head is true. Is there a handful or so of foundational pieces, either in your practice or even in the field of, of therapy that you live by, things that it doesn't matter what type of client you have or what their situation, a lot of it comes back to these three or four or five foundational aspects or things you feel yourself repeating week after week after week? To patients or to myself? Either, either one. Um,
3: that's a good one. Well, I I mean, I think one of the foundational ones is always like, like this too shall pass. Like, you know, no matter how bad anything is, like, you're going to get past it, right? There's great days, and there's horrible days. uh, And we're bound to have all of them, right? Nobody walks through this earth without ever having a bad day or a bad situation. Um, so I always think that's important to remember is no matter how bad it is, the next day could be better. Uh, or even if it's bad for a couple of weeks, it's going to get better. Um, so I would say that that's one of those like foundational thoughts, um, that I kind of, kind of live by. and, And I usually encourage other people to as well, because I think we, when we talk about, um, not all our thoughts are valid, right? We get stuck on a thought oh my God, this this is horrible, this is terrible, I'm gonna be stuck here in life, I'm gonna lose my job, this is the worst thing ever, right? And and once we start piling that on, it's hard to see sometimes like, okay, might not be the ideal job, right? Or you might lose your job, but there's another job out there. Maybe it's not the same job, maybe it's not this you know great paying job, but it might be one that you find more rewarding and more fulfilling um, uh, for people. I know a guy who was an executive for a major company, and you know, got to the point where he was like, "Yeah, I've always liked working with kids. I've always coached my kids' uh, teams growing up." And so he quit his job and went into teaching. Now, listen, to be honest, he said to me, "He's like, look, I've made enough money that I could take the pay cut, but he was happy working in a high school, teaching kids what they would need to succeed in business because that's where he came from." And so th- there's always a better deck, all right. And like I said, everybody's going to have the periods of. Uh, bad days, bad periods, right? We're all going to lose a loved one in our life. Uh, it's inevitable. Um, and so I, I always feel like if we can accept that, the negativity that's there, it helps us then to appreciate the good things and continue to strive for those good things.
1: You, you mentioned COVID earlier and, and the specific toll that the lack of connection and lack of human to human interaction has taken on some of your patients and, and maybe even on you to an extent, I think on all of us to an extent, how has the profession changed? How has your job specifically changed over the last year to 15 months as a result of COVID, are there new issues popping up that you never had to deal with before? Are there new ways of solving problems that you had, had not done previously because of the, the mental health challenges that the isolation and the, the lockdown has forced on on everyone? How how the profession, how
3: I see the profession changed is, you know, first and foremost, you know, the, the Zoom conferences, the Zoom sessions. Um, so that's been a major change in- in the field because it's always been based on, you know, interpersonal in, in the, in the office connection. And now, you know, for a lot of people, it's gone to the zoom meetings. Um, so that's been a major change. Um, I have to say a major change has also been the amount of phone calls of people reaching out to set up appointments. So when we were talking earlier on about, you know, the, the shift of the change or breaking that stigma down of mental health, um, I think it has because of COVID. Because I think people have been more comfortable uh, or, in, you know, have been in such distress that, that they become more comfortable reaching out, but as well as the access of that. There's, um, there's various apps out there that will connect you with therapists and so people and not having to leave their home to, you know, have these sessions. Um, with that being said, you know, seeing a lot of people with depression, you know, depression going up during the last 14 months. Um, the last several months, and I think we'll see this continuing forward, is the anxiety, because there's been a lot, you know, we, we've been isolated, um, we've been wearing masks, there's been this distancing, and now I'm told I, I can go back out and kind of resume a normal life, but I don't know what that really is, because I've been, you know removed from people. I want to say locked up, but that sounds horrible. Uh, but we, you know, we've been removed from people. And so there's a lot of anxiety about well, what do I do uh, going forward? How do I socialize? What do I do if someone's not wearing a mask? You know, uh, what if they haven't been vaccinated? So I see a lot more anxiety over the last, you know, I would say 45 days that people are talking about it was also the depression, you know, but over the, the first part of the pandemic was, you know, people dealing with the loss of loved ones, Um, you know, a lot of people suffered, you know, lost someone due to COVID and, you know, what issues that brought up for them.
0: How important is meditation in your mind? I, I heard you mention that in one of, one of your answers, and that's another area you talk about apps and something that's gotten more and more relevancy out there in the general public. What are your thoughts about meditation? The amount of time you would recommend someone to meditate? If so, just your, your breakdown on meditation. I think it's great. Um, and it's
3: one of those things that just allows us to have that peace of mind, that, that, that peace in our world for uh, however long we choose. I normally recommend for my clients, because based on some of the apps uh, that I've tried and I use, five to ten minutes makes a huge difference. It doesn't have to be this hour long you know, process that you're blocking out the world. It, it can be five to ten minutes. Uh, And you can have um, a real significant change. Um, I think it was Oprah Winfrey I read once talked about like she does it or did it at the height of her career. Like she used to do it in the bathroom of her office because it was the one place where people wouldn't interrupt her. And she would just go in there and do a 10 minute, you know, meditation and talked about the success. So I think five to 10 minutes of, you know, just deep breathing and having that peace of mind. Definitely helps, you know. People, um, I mentioned earlier, like prayer, meditation, and, and so. For some of my clients, I'll say to them, "I'm like, you know, even just doing a prayer is a meditation. You know, you're taking time away. You're removing yourself. You're taking some time, and you're saying something. You know, uh, whether it's the Hail Mary, the Lord's Prayer, or you're doing a meditation. I like the meditation apps. There's a couple that I, I use that I like because they they change up. But just taking that time away. And it's kind of ironic when I say this is like, you know, shut the phone off, you know, push it aside. But then I do use it for the app. So there's that that dilemma there. Uh, but turning off the notification so you can have that uninterrupted time. But just to sit and do some deep breathing exercises is immensely important to keep our nervous system in check and to clear our heads a little bit.
0: Well and for those parents who are listening in or even folks who struggle with sleeping I'll tell you I have 3 kids under 7 Dr Optoff and uh, we we use a little 5 to 7 minute meditation now and it's amazing how it works to get them to sleep just the doing a little bit of deep breathing and calming down and and getting the music the music that goes along with it and helps them to wind down pretty quickly so there's benefits outside of just you know we're all stressed out right there's also ways to to definitely help with your kids or even just to help folks to, to get to sleep?
3: Absolutely. I mean, I'll do it uh, at times before a session, depending on what my day's been like or uh, what, you know, situation I be, may be walking into if I have a heads up. So, you know, to do a, you know, three to five minute before I open the door, you know, it does a lot to just keep us focused. And when, you know, going back to the example of, you know, uh, celebrities, because we, we were such a celebrity driven society, lots of celebrities talk about it, you know, successful. Uh, what was his name? Russell Simmons, uh, who's, you know, multimillionaire um talks about he meditates in his uh, high-rise apartment in manhattan and it's near where ground zero was and so he's like i learned to meditate while construction was going on he's like you can do it anywhere and i've always liked that line because it is true you don't have to have this whole special room in your house you know shut the electronics off you know if possible like i said we all use the phone and just do those deep breathing exercises and clear the mind
1: well i i want to Thank you again for for your time and and for sharing some insight and and some wisdom. My last question for you, you've shared a lot of really good tips and tricks and ways to, to unwind and ways to clear your head, whether it's meditation, whether it's exercise, diet, all of those pieces. Are there any... Any final thoughts you'd like to add in terms of, you know, just overall what even for individuals who aren't seeking therapy necessarily but but need that little extra boost to their mental health from time to time, any any final thoughts or tips that you would give them to to continue down that right path. Well,
3: as I said before, the exercise, what you're eating, I think is so important the meditation as we just discussed. And the other thing is to be connected to people. Um, you know, obviously with mental health awareness month and as a therapist, I want people to go talk to therapists, but, you know, as a fraternity brother, you know, talk to your fraternity brothers, talk to a friend. I mean, you know, for a couple of guys to get together and BS, um, over, you know, the Knicks game last night, uh, or about whatever, I mean, we need that. It helps us. And even that, those little get togethers with guys playing a round of golf helps us connect, it clears out our mind. If we find that we're doing that and we're still struggling, there's always people to talk to, right? There's religious leaders, uh, most jobs have an HR department that'll offer services, Uh, College campuses have plenty of services available. And then there's, you know, there's therapists like myself that are in private practice that you can talk to. So there's always people to go talk to uh, about whatever you're struggling with. And I think it's just important to kind of check in with other people as well as, you know, uh, check in on ourselves is the most important thing. And let's break down the stigma because we all need, you know, when we talk to our buddies, it's fine. But somehow if I go talk to a professional, there's something wrong with me. And like I said, what I tell patients when they come in is I'm going to see you for about six sessions. And by six sessions, we might be able to clear up a lot of it, right? It's not the old, you know, you're going to be laying on the couch three times a week, you know, saying how mom didn't hug you enough and you're never going to get out of therapy, right? A lot of us just need to get it off our chest and we can feel better. So just be talking to somebody helps.
0: My last question is a two for first for any of our fraternity brothers out there listening, ways they can either follow you on social media or get in contact with you or just keep up with you. And then my second piece, during the beginning of the podcast, Alex and I talked a lot about what we're excited about for summer, right? Memorial Day is really the kickoff of summer. Curious for you. We'll we'll get your opinion too, Dr. Althoff. What are you excited about going into summer after, as you talked about, the last 14, 15 months of of isolation? Um, I'm excited
3: about going away on vacation with my family. Um, so I have four daughters and my wife. And so we're all getting together and they range from nine to 23. Uh, so we're all getting together going down the shore, you know, the Jersey shore, which is one of the best shores in the, the United States. I'll, I'll be biased there. Um, So getting together with them and they're bringing some boyfriends, they're bringing friends along. Um, So to have everyone together and to be able to enjoy, you know, just some peaceful time on unwinding, you know, uh, is what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm also looking forward to hopefully the Knicks having a long run and, you know, winning the NBA championship. I mean, I'm really going to go all out there. Um, so those are the things I'm looking forward to, uh, to find me or get in contact with me. I know on Instagram, uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, and then my website's uh, optoffpsychotherapy.com. People are always finding me there and connect with me. The, The big thing is if you spell my last name, right. So it looks a lot more complicated than it is, but it's fairly easy.
1: Yeah, I uh struggled with that a little bit at the beginning before we started recording. So, uh I was able to clear it up for myself. Uh it's not not super difficult. Um should have asked earlier though so I could practice a little bit in the mirror before we uh we hopped on today. Wow. Cannot thank you enough uh Dr. Optoff for your for your time, for your your insight. Really appreciate everything you shared. Um and again, if you're uh if if you're looking looking to follow Dr. Optoff, he gave the uh, the options out there and hopefully uh what you share today will, will be valuable and, and provide a little assistance for those out there listening. So always here for people. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. I hope so. Talk to you soon. And as always, we appreciate Dr. Optov and his knowledge that he was able to share with us anytime that we can bring in somebody who's much more intelligent than Donnie and myself and is an expert on a topic where neither of us have any sort of expertise. It is always a plus for this program. So uh, very fortunate to have him and uh, we're looking forward to the next month of interviews as well. June is Pride Month, which is something we uh, hold very near and dear to our, our, our podcast and to Teak Nation as a whole. And we have some exciting interviews coming up throughout the course of the month in June that focus on Pride Month. So hopefully you'll pop in and listen to those. With all that being said, we are ready now for you to scurry off into whatever corner of this world you reside. Smash the like button and tell a friend about the Teak Nation podcast. Make sure that you go on to every single platform where this podcast exists. Like it, subscribe to it, comment on it on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Just really leave no stone unturned when it comes to engaging with this podcast. We talked about engagement earlier. Talk about me wanting to meet Barack Obama. See if it makes a difference in my life. You can't break me. So with all that being said, it was a true privilege to have you listening here today. And we can't wait to talk to you next week. Enjoy the weather, enjoy Memorial Day. We'll see you soon.